We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anor Boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anor Whiskey, AnorWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnorWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do it responsibly. CFB Nation, presented by Twisted Tea. Hey. 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 Recap. The first part of the season today. I'll recap. LL question of the day. How are you feeling about the first half? Do you feel like mm, neutral? Like, okay, we should have beat Ohio State, but we came back and throttled USC. Are you disappointed? Did you feel like Notre Dame was a better team? coming into the season than they showed? Or are you ecstatic? Is Notre Dame right where you thought they would be at this point in the season? Six and two, tough schedule. Let us know what you think. Lucky lefty question of the day. Left, where do you sit on this one? If it's, if it's disappointing, I don't think it's disappointing. I think it, they are who we thought they were, and we said that they were going to do this, and we just hoped that it would come for a better outcome against Ohio State. Hmm. I don't think either one of us was expecting college football playoff. We thought they might be able to sneak through the through the back door. Uh, we knew Sam Hartman was brought here for three games, right? He's brought here for three games. He was brought here for Ohio, games. State, Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. And brought meaning playing above the talent of the team to propel us to victory. That's what bringing him in means. Did you really believe he was capable of doing that, though? I thought he had the potential to unlock the untapped potential in the receiver room, looking at the fact that he's turned some guys into 1,000-yard receivers at a school where I'm sure we could recruit better receivers than the production that they've had, even though Wade Forrest had great production at receiver and was still able to uh, – Sam Hart was able to make a lot out of it. And I was thinking that he could bring out of that – some of our guys that are really on the verge of crossing over being productive like a Jaden and a Deion Cozy. So the bigger shock to you is that, because you were on Twitter last night, discussed, I mean, I think it was yesterday, discussing this with a couple of fans. And um, I think you pointed out that Sam Hartman is just not <clears throat> that quarterback that's going to carry a team. Yeah, he's more of a guy that can supplement what you got. He's like a protein shake. You know, they tell you to take a protein shake as a supplement, but not as a meal replacement. Right. Right. 
he's more of that uh you know you get your get your card thing your proteins in and then you finish with a shake at the end of the day we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Sam Hartman for me coming over, the excitement was, man, flowing through the fan base. And I was pretty consistent saying that Notre Dame could do just as much for Sam Hartman as he could for them. And um, I still think that's the case. I still think that's the case. I'm not shocked that he's not the quarterback type that's going to elevate a team and carry a team. It's hard to do that when you don't have um, the legs to add another piece of the game or give you another weapon to go at defenses. It's hard. I'm trying to think of a quarterback that could elevate the talent around him that could not defeat defenses with their legs. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go back some. I mean, college football is just not in the space where you're you could just win outright with the guy that can't be mobile in the backfield. And Sam Hartman is sort of the last generation of a of a non-elite athlete at that position. And as you can tell, the the ability of that position athletically is growing to where, you know, you have to be able to be athletic to get away from some of these guys who are freaks of natures as we're going deeper and deeper into the evolution of the draft. And Sam Hartman was just a very good, if we had a Ferrari, he would be the nice coat of paint. He wouldn't necessarily be the engine because I feel like that's the offensive line of running game. He wouldn't necessarily be, the plush seats in the car, the steering wheel, because we have a lot of talented guys that are shiny or shiny uh, recruits. You know, the shiny bells and whistles of recruiting, we're able to dress our team with that. The Ben Morrisons and the Cam Harts and the Audricks, those are more valuable pieces to the car than the, the nice shiny paint of coat that raises the value of it, not more than what a Hemi engine would. Hmm. But the paint of coat to take the rust off can give it some value to make it look more attractive than probably what it is already. So at this point in the season, is there anything that has surprised you about this team? I think this team, if anything, the the ups and downs, you know, we didn't just beat USC barely like we've been in closed games these last two weeks. We beat them like we should have been whooping teams this whole season. So it's it's too extreme on one side and the other for me because how do you score 
the uh, 17 or a few points you did against Louisville, who's, in my opinion, way worse of a, com- a competitor than a USC, but then a USC team that I don't think many people gave us the, the go-ahead victory for, we go out there and beat them like we're playing in Navy. First game of the season. Treating them like they NC State. First game of the season. It's a top 10 team. So uh, the the drastic differences in week to week are surprising because I felt like Marcus Freeman has been a consistent, uh, a constant in the program to where you can lean your hat on uh, a guy that's working 24-7, trying to mm-hmm. bring the things that um, he wanted to build a program with. And there's a lot of belief behind that with him. It's just surprising to see the team uh, not be as consistent as their head coach. The su- biggest surprise for me is the fact that it took eight games for the special teams to make an impact. Really? Yeah, even with the change in, from Mason to Biagi, I thought there will be something still in place, especially with the players. And well, know, well, 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 did you think that they were going to have more success than last year, which was, you know, by a lot of standards, top five, top ten in the country? Well, see, last year, you know, anytime you block a bunch of punts, you know, that's not going to happen next year. Okay, yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Like, we did some things that is hard to repeat, even but, as a good unit, the next year. But once I found out Chris Tyree was returning punts, and once I found out Jeremiah Love and Jadarian were going to be on the kickoff squad. I'm like, okay, Notre Dame is probably going to take one back, especially early on against the, the worst teams on the schedule. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things I think uh, Coach Biagi getting into more of his role and and reorganizing a, and, and having to have the expectation of what last year's success was on that team. I think they're that played a factor in trying to get his own mold out of it. And I think some of what happened last year, I think, was more of just directly from the players, not so much of the the coaching. The players, I think, had a little more pride on special teams last year. And we're kind of testing some new guys out, some guys we believe are great athletes, maybe not the best special team additives, but great athletes. If they get an opportunity, things go right, they can make something happen. But special teams is, is surprising as well because of the fact that you know, you would think that coming from a Kyle Brenza and a Justin Yoon and that we would continue that success and then just not, not to find uh, as consistent as a place kicker as we've had in the past. Usually we're pretty, pretty, pretty good place kicking wise. Maybe not the best in nation, but we definitely wasn't the worst. And I don't think we're the worst now. But the standard of the special teams unit. It, it seems like Schrader. The last two games, he got himself right against Louisville, and then he kicked well against USC. So maybe yeah. he's maybe he's coming on, but maybe it, maybe Justin Yoon sprinkled a little something. I'm on you, him. Justin Yoon showed up the whole the whole place lit up. You know, you know, you got to do it for the all time leading score or something. But man, it's just it's it's a little concerning considering how much of a factor played into these games that we lost, especially just the season as well. But Marcus Freeman's recruitment of that area of of the team, I thought was a little surprising considering how hard he goes for offense and defense. You would think he'll just trickle down and and at least visit a couple kickers on his route of recruitment, just because he's all encompassing on this building, the physicality and building the program and culture. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he'll probably address that going into the off season because this was a big, Recruiting transition for him this year, I think, as opposed to last year. And I don't know if it's a surprise because I don't know who to blame it on. Right? The way the season started, the season started with Rico and Jaden Graded House being productive. That wasn't a surprise to me. I saw them in the spring. Because of the spring game or just because no, of I them coming them, in as I, talent? Dude, I saw them in spring practice. And I'm right. like, they, they run really good routes. They know what to do. And they both love blocking. 
Yeah, if you love blocking, that's how James Anawalu really carved a role out in his Absolutely. early on years. He could block. And, you know, he obviously just, the route running wasn't always there in the beginning, but his blocking got on the field, which led to special teams, which led him to damn near get transferred to defense. And, you know, the rest is history where James Impact came in. But receivers that are willing, especially young guys that are willing to go in there and block, you can find time on a team that has no number one receiver. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. We don't have no number one receiver. So we're taking any traits and any, uh, any valuable skills that they bring outside of, you know, the standard receiver things, but it definitely helps when you're willing to block for a team that likes to run the football. And I know they have uh, some great impact on that level. And they're big players. There's no, we talk about recruiting kids that are ready to play day one. Rico and Jane Greyhouse coming in are just as big, if not bigger than some of our receivers that were there. So a size perspective, we definitely recruited more size. I think in this class, as opposed to a few years before, I mean, the biggest size I've seen was probably the, uh, Brian Kelly's first or second year recruiting, mm-hmm. we, we we recruited some big monsters. You know, those were the 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 Calibres and the Tuits and the Knicks and all of that. So I do think that uh, recruitment-wise, it's a surprise we haven't went harder in the special teams area or just address the whole punt return uh, mm-hmm. part of the game that we have. I just think it's so unnecessarily ineffective. Like, why don't we have no major, you know, setup returns or uh, at least a punt returner like we used to back in the day with Rocket and and Tim Brown? It's like we got guys that are fast, maybe not quite like that, but we got some fast dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some fast dudes. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So the defense is a surprise to me, Left. The totality of I didn't look. I didn't think. I didn't think they would hold Ohio State to seventeen, and I, and I didn't think they would do. Wait, we held them to twenty one last wait, year. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I just didn't think this defense up front was as good as the defense up front. You lost some veterans on that defensive line. We didn't know what we had on this defensive line. We knew we had right. Riley Mills, Howard Cross. No one had Howard Cross leading the team in tackles, bro. No, but we said like that five the production games. of the D-line will be more effective than last year's D-line with the superstars mm-hmm. and, the, and the guys that we had just because all the all of them are individually good, none of them great, but mm-hmm. collectively you got a bunch of good talent. You'll have mm-hmm. some production because it, it would it would wane on the team eventually when you're going against a bunch of four stars. Now they may not be king of the castle, mm-hmm. but hey, a Tyson Ford at six eight, a lot a lot of body to handle, and he'll grow. You know, Jordan mm-hmm. Patello, very strong, stout guy. Riley Mills, veteran experience. Howard Cross can fit into that because there's no number one. You know, you could you 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 put a group of dogs in the room you would expect there to be a big dog at some point we just got a lot of little puppies right now with a lot of with a lot of energy and in, in, in a direction that they're looking to go but it's good because through that we can find the Howard Crosses to step up you know the the Riley Mills and Jason Anyes and Jordan Patellos to chip in and then when you step back and look at it from a unit perspective oh yeah we're productive and, and I think that's good for us right now defensively to have a unit that's productive but offensively we need an x-factor we need we need a go-to receiver you know Audrey can't win us all these games running the football as we've seen and he's done well either he's hurt and not 100 or the last few games have affected him because he's not running as hard yeah, but it's the same the thing as Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter got a pick a position. Yeah, it was all fun and games in the beginning oh, of the season. Trav, he to play both most, sides. Dude, that cat Trav had the most contrasting game ever. Yeah. He, he was killing Stanford at wide receiver. Yeah. Killing him. But old boy was, was giving him on. he was giving him the business. And, 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 <laughs> Trav, and even on Trav's good plays, number 13 was just dogging him. Just putting his body in front of him and not and just making it hard and catching it on him and 
you know, pick a position. Yeah, the potential of you doing some things on both sides of the ball, that's great, and it adds value to your draft, but get real. When you get yeah. to the league, you got guys that are specialists at those specific positions. You're not go, you don't have enough time in a day to yeah. master both sides of the ball to be effective enough yeah. to play over a guy that is getting drafted at that position, you know. But I think for us, what we have, the advantage is that we have guys that are talented that have depth. So that's what we're strong at is that a guy like Howard Cross can get a, a backup in for a couple plays and he can work and then he'll come back and then he has that ability because he's good enough to to, to work against a, a, an offensive line that is, is handling a lot because they don't know who to key on. So you're leaving up a lot of one-on-ones to guys that we are Notre Dame and we recruit well. So we may not have the five-star guy, but we got a four-star that can get make some plays. And I think a collection of that is where we have success on defense. And then Al Golden, who's so used to just plugging and playing guys and putting guys in positions to win, he's probably loving the fact that there's no superstar to cater to defensively outside of, you know, our Ben Morrisons. The We always knew the strength of the defense would be the defensive backfield. Linebackers have put it like this. Being fair, Maris has probably had more good games than bad games. Yes. Same thing with JD. And Kaiser early on was leading the team in tackles. So the linebackers have been okay. The defensive line, hey, John the Baptist, especially in the top two games, played really well against Ohio State and USC. Played really well, man. And Riley Mills and Howard Cross, Gabriel Rubio has been injured for half the games. Now you get to see the freshman Bubakar Traore, who, man, is going to be that speed pass rusher. Josh Burnham is coming on. You see him getting pressures. So Al Washington took a lot of heat. And he deserved it. That's right. Definitely deserved it. Especially from a recruiting standpoint. Especially from Justin Scott's recruitment specifically. He deserves all the heat. Because it didn't make no sense. You you, you got guys down the street you're not getting on. Bro, when Tom Lemming flat out says, I have no clue how Notre Dame lost this to Interesting. When Tom Lemming says that. You done messed up. Yes. So, yeah, I think the defense has – I thought this team – I thought this defense could be top 25. But that's that's what I really predict. good, Sean. Yeah, but they're like top 10, bro. Well, <laughs> I'm saying from you ex- you didn't expect them to be top 10 or you didn't expect them no, to No, I definitely didn't expect them to be top 10. But no, top 25 is not far to climb from. No, top 25 is a vast improvement on what we've seen. Okay. Yeah. You know, they were like in the 40s last year. But we didn't we have we had a good we had a we were ranked really well in a certain area last year. What was it? Um it's always it's always against the pass. Yeah, it was because <laughs> they keep giving up 120, 130 yards per game on the ground. So but they were they were excellent. They basically shut down USC's run game with six in the box. But we knew that, though. We knew USC wasn't committed to running the football. We'll have a good day doing that. And, you know, it's good to see when we know where we have the advantage, we don't – we actually execute. We don't give up and be like, why are we not stopping the – but once we shut them down on one instance, it's just hard to be one-dimensional and beat a good football team. It's different if we wasn't good. Yeah. But we're good and gave you one option to win the game, and that's just really hard for even a Heisman contender slash previous winner and Caleb Williams. I mean, he was looking like a, a day one starter. When you ain't got no run game and they tell you, okay, you got to throw to win, Kyle McCord, hell. If it wasn't for that long touchdown run that we gave up to Trevion Henderson, a 61-yard touchdown that J.D. Bertrand didn't spill over and make the play, or who was that, Marison? One of them two, Bears crashed too hard and J.D. didn't spill over the top. Without that, 
Kyle McCord is struggling. We're, we're giving up at least one of those per game. Louisville got one. USC got one. I think they got like a 30-yarder with Marshawn <laughs> and Ohio State. Uh, dude, at least once per game, you're going to get a brain fart from the linebacking core. Even though Jake, uh, Javante left J.D. hanging out to dry by himself on that right, one. Right, right, right. Just, just, just mental errors, you know. Mm-hmm. But nothing that, I mean, but that happens in the game and for us. Can I ask you something that might be controversial, bro? That's right. Go ahead. Up to this point, who would you say played better at Notre Dame? Jack Cohn or Sam Hart? Jack Cohn. That's my man. I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel the same way. I don't know what Jack – maybe it's because Jack stayed out of all the extra stuff. I just know when I turn on my TV on Saturday, Jack Cohn was going to show up and give me his best effort. And maybe it was the transition year and the fact that as a fan base, we didn't feel as if we had the shot coming out starting the year like we usually do to make a playoff run. You know, our guy Jack Cohn really did a lot with the circumstances he was given. Now, I will because, say hell, you got me thinking – what if he didn't share time with Tyler and did all that extra stuff? He might have been. The line was horrible. The offensive line was horrible that year. They were they were they weren't the best initially. Initially, no, that that was the year when people were literally about to lose their minds over the offensive line play. Yeah, but that's you talking. However, about, but you talking about certain hairs like we he talking did about. Have, he did have Kevin Austin. He, he he did have. Who is Kevin, Kevin Austin years. making plays for us this year if he played on the team? Kevin Austin. With, with Sam Hartman. Hartman. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kevin Austin was the number one receiver his last year. Now we're not gonna we're not about to sit up wait here and act like Kevin Austin. You can go look at his stats. He was he, he was more of a man. number one than Miles Boykin. He was head and shoulders better than anybody that's on this squad right now. In what way? Name the wide receiver on this squad this year that was better than Kevin Austin his last year at Notre Dame. Name, please name the wide receiver. Who? See, that's not a that's not a that's Jordan not a Faison. That's not a good question, though. That's a fair Cause, question because we don't we don't treat any of our receivers like a number one receiver because they're not. <laughs> How can someone treat you like something and you're not? It takes me back to something my grandfather used to say. You know, he, he was teaching me how to be a gentleman and, and how to treat young ladies. And he said, son, I used to tell the girls, if you keep your skirt up, I'm going to help you keep it up. But if you keep it down, I'm going to help you keep it down. <laughs> okay, what's that? <laughs> my point is, if, if it's hard to treat them like a number one receiver, but <laughs> their skirts are always up, dog. <laughs> the skirts are always up. So I can only treat you like <laughs> what you show. But how much of that is we just we don't carry our offense as if we have a number one receiver proportionally. We we act as if we're Air Force. We 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 you know we throw it on occasion. And I think it's frustrating because teams that aren't good got number one receivers. So I don't know what, what in our offense is preventing us to, to enact the number one receiver card. Because remember, I had this whole complaint leading up to the season. I'm like, yeah, you know, the play from community is great. Mm-hmm. It's great to see 15 guys catch the football mm-hmm. in a game. Mm-hmm. 20 guys rushing. 20 different guys touching the football in a game is great. But when we play in Ohio State, when we play in Louisville, when we in these games where we need a dude, how do you identify that in a group that you're trying to share the love between everybody? 
that's that's where the issue comes in for me. And in our losses, it became apparent we don't have a number one receiver. That's how I knew we didn't have a number one receiver. I'm looking at the Louisville game. Like, All right, it's time to start turning up with our Marvin Harrison Jr. Where is he at? Not that a freshman can't do it, but we're Notre Dame. We got a true freshman, our best receiver. Think about how fast Rico went from getting in to being a starter and a friend and we're forcing the ball to him. It was within two games. Is that why Kenny Minchie called up to Notre Dame and said, look, it's only going to take a game for me to be the starter. <laughs> it took Rico Flores a game and a half to be pushed as a starter and then to be forced to football like he's our number one, a true freshman. So it is concerning at the fact that how is that possible at a place like Notre Dame? Because it, it, it goes back to our recruitment. What were we doing recruitment-wise? All that effort's got to show on the scoreboard. And for our receivers to have, once again, if Charlie Jones was in this. <laughs> if Charlie Jones was at Purdue right now, he will be back-to-back stat leader against Notre Dame. Oh, he will have. He definitely will have better stats than Notre Dame for the second straight year. Leader, stat leader. If he was at Purdue again <laughs> with Hudson Carr, Charlie Jones would definitely have better stats. Once again, overshadow the room. How we got we got a passer. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We got a we got a passer at the quarterback position and can't find a receiver over a thousand yards. I, whoever you made that bet with, you might as well cash it in right now. They haven't been back. <laughs> That's scared. They haven't They're been scared. back. He, he done watched the third game of the season. It was like, yeah, we ain't winning that. We 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 ain't getting that thousand yard receiver. Hey, Charlie Jones is what the fourth receiver for the Bengals. The fourth. He might have better stats in the NFL than this receiving core, dude. Check, let me check his NFL stats. Charlie Jones is, is living rent free in Notre Dame fan base head right now. The fact that he just continually outpaces the wide receiver Rome at Notre Dame. And that's the thing that I think it just I just hope it just doesn't affect our recruiting like a Cam Williams that maybe one day wakes up and say, hey, where's the production at? How would, that, how would that affect Cam? Cam was like, oh, I'm starting. Yeah, but man, dude, like Justin, uh, uh, like Justin Scott said, I want to be around guys that's also good, too. <laughs> and I don't understand how no... Yeah, I want to be next to a dog. I want to be I, next... Why yeah. is Ohio State so successful in receivers? Because they got dogs in front of dogs in front of dogs. Dude, Brandon Anderson Carnell. Brandon got a coach for real? Brandon How Anderson coach Carnell. Is doing? Uh, I talked to Carnell uh, Saturday night. Brandon Ennis and Carnell both caught their first touchdown this past weekend. What do you know? As, as freshmen. What do you know? Just dogs. Just, just dogs. Just getting hey. in. Okay, we're going to call it for you. You go do your thing. Can't you know really can't get reps? Why? Because there's dogs in front of you. And we steadily telling people, hey, 
We we like him. We just can't trust him just yet. <clears throat> we ain't asking the receivers to do your taxes and trust you and trust them with your social. Mm-hmm. We just asking to put him on the field and call the plays that you recruited in the run. What that had to be. That had to be the. Uh, I, yeah, the wide receiver core and the way that things have gone. It's a surprise to me. I didn't think it would be this bad. Exactly. This bad where you're like, okay, when are we going to win a game where the receivers are just kicking butt? Receiver led game. Even in the games that aren't the big three. Right. Our receivers are show out versus Duke. Duke can't even get a, a, a DB of equal talent value to the receivers we can recruit. If you just think of the landscape of high school receivers and transfer receivers, they're not having Duke as their top five. Bro, I should have known, but I didn't see the sign. I did not see the sign. Or I didn't take the sign serious. Remember I told you, I called you as soon as I got in the car, leaving practice this day in the spring. It was a Saturday practice. I'll never forget that entire week, Notre Dame media did nothing but post touchdown passes. They That's showed, right. They showed Braylon James. They showed Rico. They showed Deion Cozy. They, man, they just showed touchdown passes all week. I went into the Goog, not to the Goog, I went into practice, and Benjamin Morrison basically punked every wide receiver on the roster. That's right. That was the more iconic practices of the of the spring. And drills. He was like, and you heard him say, yeah, ain't gonna be no ain't gonna be no touchdown videos today. He was talking trash. And I'm like, man, this cat Benji is mad because they've been putting up clips. Notre Dame media tried to hype up the receiver room. And that cat Benji was like, I'm about to show y'all. That's right. He went bump and run on 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 every receiver and shut down every receiver, every single one. Shout out Mike Mickens, probably putting the battery in his back. Man, Mike Mickens, Mike Mickens got to get paid that big boy DC coordinator contract. Shout out to him, man. And I laughed because I thought it was funny, but I guess looking back at it, it's like. But heck, you're not going to see defensive backs better than the ones you practice against. They should, they should be ready to smash everybody else. Because the secondary has got to be top 10 in the nation. Yeah. We holding Ohio State to what we holding them. We holding US, USC to what we holding them. No team on their schedule is going to, well, Utah. But hell, Utah won 48-45 last year. They ain't even get that many points versus us. Hey, bro, that cat Marvin Harrison Jr., has been eating real good since since Notre Dame. We know ever since he left Notre Dame Stadium, that cat Marvin Harrison Jr. has been killing. That's Kevin right. Harris. That's right because he's going against the Big Ten that that's you know a little challenged in that back half of the field. You know you got to go to the SEC if you want to see some secondary action. Yeah. Or come to Notre Dame and get you a full experience, which we're putting on display week in and week out against top quarterbacks. When the last time Notre Dame has faced that many top quarterbacks going into a stretch that we went into? Outside of Jack Palmer, we've been facing dudes. Mm-hmm. Kyle McCord, I mean, you know, he's playing better, obviously, after us. Mm-hmm. But he's playing good. You can put him in that category. He's playing well enough. And to hold him to what we hold him to. Hell, we held CJ to what we hold him to, and he's balling in the NFL. Mm, mm, mm. So Notre Dame has a lot to hang their hat on, but at the same time, there's a lot of concern figuring out why in the games that we're supposed to win, we're coming into the, the crunch time where we're making guys heroes that, listen, we shouldn't even be close to these teams that we're playing. Like, how we hype? We hyping up Sam Hartman beating Duke on a last minute drive, making a great play, but it's like, damn, how yeah. we in that position versus Duke? You Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, you supposed to be 48, 
38 piece. Why we put that that 20 piece on uh, on on USC? Well, who knows? It is a surprise that we lost the Ohio State game the way we lost. The way we lost it, yeah. The way we lost it was a bit of a surprise. I think we pretty much covered most of the surprises. LL Nation, what's what's your biggest surprise of the season or some of your surprises of the season? Um Individually, how across is, is a surprise. He is uh he has vastly improved his NFL stock. Vastly improved. And he reminds me so much of a uh, uh, Kurt Heinrich. What was his name? Kurt Heinrich. Oh, Kurt Heinrich. That's uh balling out with the Texans. They, they he reminds me so much of his career yeah. path. I feel like they're a similar type of player. Like they got the skinny legs and not yeah. the biggest D tackle, but they make plays and get back in the backfield for TFLs. Yo, I think he's making Howard a good impression. Is dude, he's in the backfield just about every play. That's what I'm saying. And it's he's kind of got that Sheldon mold to where undersized but makes plays, gets back there. So you know the the. the we recruit the niche ability of some D linemen around the country, and I think it's good from the sense that we just don't have those six six D tackles that are just monsters in and of themselves. We were able to scout the right talent, you know, even though they may be undersized in some sense, to be able to still be productive. Our yeah. Cross and Jason Anye and guys like that are very good examples of that, and that's a good quality to have in the recruitment to follow the right guys that fit the system. But still, yeah. you know, if you do that, you can't. You can't miss on five stars that are just slam dunks. Got to have Justice Scotts and did that in the third. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's get to a couple of these comments, man, because it parlays into our next subject. The Golden Playbook. Thanks for tapping in. He says, I think it's the play calling, not the players. Jared Parker's schemes aren't good. He did better in this game, but he's got to be get better. He's got a well, we I guess he's saying we gotta get a better OC. Hopefully the new AD and president pay money to get an elite OC. I um, mean, at the end of the day, Jared Parker wasn't the hottest but, coach on the market. And this isn't Jared Parker's offense. And Jared it's not Parker, an offense. He was asked to run Tommy's offense because Tommy was there in the spring, and that's what the team has started. So he's running Tommy Reese's offense. That's why he's running another man's offense. That's why that's like having a girlfriend and him trying to be like her ex boyfriend. It only can go so far. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she loves you for the similarities and the things that make her feel good, but you she sees that you're pretending to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that trip that she loves to go to Kings Island, yeah, you only doing that because the dude before you did it and it made her happy. So she's happy to be there, but is she happy with you? That's the that's the conversation we gotta have with Jared Parker. Yeah, we happy that you in, you you doing what we had success with, but we trying to get to the next level. You know, she's trying to get married. She had a good fun five years with the dude before, but you in there doing the same dates, the same lines, the mm-hmm. same compliments. It make you feel good, yeah, because that's what makes you happy. But you're not doing the next level things. Like, we need to get to where we want to get to, and that's the championship. And Marcus Freeman knows it. He knows it. He knew it when the press conference. He said, I don't know what if that's what I want to do. That's not what I want to do offensively. But if it's what's going to help the guys we have to get to the next level, we can do that for a year. He should have said mm-hmm. for a year as a caveat. Just to let people know this isn't a long-term thing, especially if Marcus Freeman wants to keep his job. And I don't know how many times I can say this, and it might be disappointing to Notre Dame fans. There will be no, there will not be a new OC next year. No. Don't count on it. First of all, because like I said, Jared Parker has the caveat 
of going in and saying, y'all asked me <laughs> to run that. Straight up. The same way they asked Marcus Freeman to take a job with an assistant head coach. The first time in the history of college football, you get an assistant head coach, not an assistant coordinator. Or oh, head, assist- coach, head coach of the offense. Yeah. We, they had to make up a position. Hey, man. Jay Carr says, some plays over to Jared Parker. I definitely would if you want to score. If you want to put up points on the board. Yo, you, you now see, you know who's about to be tested right now, left? Mike Bobo. Mike Brock Bobo. Bowers is out for four weeks with that ankle. Now we're about to see what Mike Bobo is as an OC boy. Because it's real easy to call 19. I mean, he had called so many reverses for him, you would think teams would catch on. How many reverses are you going to call for? Right he here? got hurt on a reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Against Vanderbilt. Because you said, how many, that's the first time in history you've seen these many reverses ran with a tight end. That just shows you just how special and impactful this player is, especially at a position that doesn't carry the football. He's carrying the football. Not catching it. He is taking handoffs. Yeah. That's how good Brock Bowers is. Yeah. We For Mitchell Evans, we think he's good, but he's doing QB sneaks. He's not He's not catching end arounds. He's not trying to outflank the defense to get to the outside. That just shows you how unique and special Brock Bowers is because you're calling that for a tight end, not no speedy Chris Tyree type of receiver. You're calling that for the tight end, and he's taking it to the crib. He ain't just getting good gains or getting positive yards. He's taking it to the crib. Like they've been game planning to call the play for him to score. Like we know we're going to catch him on this. So – yeah, Brock Bowers, Mark Bowers' impact just on a football team is going to make it hard for the offense coordinator in general because you got to replace a talent that is really generational. We ain't seen a tight end this productive on offense. I mean, this man's scoring points like Justin Ewan was scoring points for us, and he was a kicker. I mean, the man scores points, and he's a tight end. Like, not a receiver, not a quarterback, but to get that much production out of that unit, we could take a page from that. I don't mm-hmm. think Michael Mayer was as productive just on a day-to-day basis. Like, they game plan for Brock for Brock Bowers in the offense. We just have Michael Mayer that we can always say we can go to. He's got to get 10 to 12 touches a game, this and that. We can move on. Brock Bowers is weird. What can we do with Brock Bowers and then compliment <laughs> off of him? That's a whole different mentality. Mm-hmm. But we're about to see what Mike Bobo is made of. And Carson right. Beck. And the quarterback. Carson Beck's a wash. Bad dude, but 19 makes him look real good every week. You're right. He even wearing 19. What kind of number is that? 19 makes, man. I'll tell you something. All I know is every time they get in the crunch, 19 gets wide open. So we'll see. We'll see what they have. But getting back and closing it out, you know, um, Jared Parker was asked, you know, to continue the same offense because that was to to keep continuity. This is what the players had been looking at all offseason. This is what they had started with in the spring. So, The playbook has nothing to do with Phil as a play caller, though. And I can honestly say there were some questionable calls or questionable play calls pretty much every game this year. They just played bad teams early, so they were executing like crazy. But there were some questionable calls in those games as well for Jared Parker. And I assume even with the bye week, you'll see some questionable calls against Pitt. It's just a matter of whether or not Notre Dame can execute. That's it. If Notre Dame executes, 
they'll be able to outscore and, and beat pretty much everybody left on the schedule. Really shouldn't be a problem. So it's left up to this squad, man. I don't want the team that took the field last Saturday or two Saturdays ago against Louisville. I don't want to see that team ever again. Yeah, you start to see how much of a factor this whole emotional victory thing is or emotional game before. She had to put that ND on, man, because I got ND inspired That's from what up. we need to start playing like. Back in the 2015 days, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need to do it at that quarterback position because that we we've tested all the other archetypes. We've tested oh, this, the the game managers and the role supporters. We need to test the type of a dude at that mm-hmm. quarterback position. Yeah, because we've tested the Jack. The Jack Cone was the perfect non-elite player you could have at Notre Dame at the quarterback position to give you. The most success. He won you 11 games, got you a January 6th bowl, and threw for 500 in the game. What else do you need? And that wasn't enough. So we should have seen that and was like, listen, we got to get a dude. We got to get a dude. Oh, man. So we know how we pretty much discuss Jared Parker, Al Golden, at this point in the season. Has he exceeded your expectations as DC? I think he stayed pretty much on brand. I think it was it was good to see him be able to get the guys that are younger, more inexperienced, more involved, and, and not miss a beat with how we've operated from holding teams to certain point averages. So I do think that he's been impressive in that aspect, getting guys caught up to speed and mixing in the veteran guys with the younger guys to still be productive and that have answers for the questions of the D-line that I'm sure he's probably got got really uh, acquainted with over the offseason of people having worries about it. But mm-hmm. for him to find the production out of that unit and then complement that from the scheme that we have on defense, you just see – uh, uh, you see the results of what he's been able to do on the field. Obviously, we want, we would want more from the recruiting side, but it, from what he's given us on the field, playing on the field, you're happy with it. If that's the trade-off we have to have for a recruiting aspect, I can live with that because at least he's given us chances to win every game with that defense going out there holding teams to below 30 points. I mean, now college football is about can you score over 35? He's holding dudes at less than 21. <laughs> so it's only exposing more of what the offense is lacking, if anything. Mm-hmm. like He's been making the offense look bad because he's been doing such a great job defensively. That's why Sam Hartman keeps talking about buying him a Ferrari, dude. <laughs> Sam Hartman knows this defense is holding it down. From a, wow. from a lot of embarrassment and bad articles written about him. Man, putting up terrible, you know, points on the board. Now, does he play terrible in these losses? No, he didn't play terrible versus Louisville. He didn't play terrible versus Ohio State, but it wasn't what we signed you for. But you did play to your talent level, which we've all agreed that it's a tier, what a tier four, tier three type of talent. Yeah, that's what the article. That's what Bruce Feldman said. Tier three, tier four quarterback. Pretty much. Stayed on brand. Yeah. That cat, uh, I think he, uh, honestly, I'm not sure if Al Golden will be here next year. No. I wouldn't bank on it just because, you know, you respect the fact that he's he's doing an incredible job. I mean, he put his resume out there. I mean, he's going, you know, people going to poach. And he's he's got the the poachable resume for sure. Not only is that poachable resume, he's doing it at Notre Dame. So he's getting the competition each week 
and the challenges each week with the top quarterbacks in the country, not just the top quarterbacks in conference or guys that's having hot streaks. He's gotten these draft pick players that he's been able to put great schemes against. The C.J. Stroud, I put on my first top-of-the-list resume and said, we had him in 21. He ain't been like that his whole career at Ohio State. So to be able to do that to him, and then Caleb Williams, I'll put second because he won the Heisman, and I held a Heisman winner and basically embarrassed him. Gave him three interceptions, you know, terrible point total. Those two games alone going to get you some looks at the next level, especially how they're salivating over where Caleb will fall in the draft this year. Yeah, It's just, you know, he set himself up in a good position, but it shows how much of a boost a Notre Dame credential is on your resume when you do it at Notre Dame. It's a great stepping stone piece. Every damn near defensive coordinator has gotten a head coaching job somewhere within the, the two years they've been there. We can't hold on to defensive coordinators damn near. Yeah. Yeah. It's because of how hot they become after one or two good seasons. Yeah, I'm, I'll disagree with the chat, the conversation that's right there now. Uh, Al Golden is the third best coach on this staff. I can't call you the best coach if you don't recruit, bro. That's facts. Mike Mickey's got to be first. This college, this is college football. If you don't right. recruit, there's no way I can call you. You just can't coach. be a number one. No. No. He's a DC that doesn't recruit. And that nope. It's not a not a not a program builder. It's a good transitional piece, quick fill-in. We can hold up with a guy like this as we transition to a more solid foundation from a culture standpoint. Yeah. But Al Golden's not even a long-term plan. I don't think he thinks that. Yeah, I would give him. Mike Mickens. Number one. Number one. From I mean, having such a low secondary, from them being the more disappointing unit on the defense to being the best part of the defense and playing great in big games, Mike Mickens got to be number one. And indeed, a McCullough, too. Or who you got as two? Probably McCullough. Yeah. Best two positions on the team. See, and he's talking straight X's and O's. Recruiting means so much. I just can't overlook the fact that he doesn't recruit. Like it's college means so much, yeah. It's minimal effort. I could see if he said, okay, I'm only gonna go see the top guys. Like he was if he was like, yo, you guys recruit everybody else. Marcus Freeman probably isn't putting the pressure on Al Golden to go recruit because, I mean, you're the head coach. Just tell him to go. Well, once him. again, certain things, Al Golden, if you talk to most people, was a suggested hire. It was a suggested hire. If you talk to most he people. Wanted those, he wanted those. Uh, I know you're telling me what to do, but don't, you, you can't tell me what to do. Bro. <laughs> I know what you want me to do, but you ain't telling me what to do because you ain't so I'm sure. Me. I'm pretty sure Al Golden during the interviewing process said, yo, I look. I ain't recruiting. Yeah, pretty much. But I, but I do all that other stuff. I ain't recruiting. Right. Right. It goes right to Marcus Freeman's hands being tied, which plays into the losses that he's taken. Is that some of that is like, damn, he's got to coach with what he's given. And that's rare at that level of football. To coach what you're given as opposed to having control. Like Lincoln Riley don't is not given anything. You Lincoln know Riley man. is fully responsible for the successes and the, the faults at USC that he's carried. The defensive thing has always been a Lincoln Riley staple. Yeah. Because he's had control over the entire program. He can't get away from defense being bad because everybody knows Lincoln Riley is running the whole operation. Facts. So it's no, it's no getting away from that. When they talk about bad defense, they attach Lincoln Riley to that because he's responsible. Yeah. One, you're getting paid too much money, and two, you're getting all these accolades for offense and being a head yeah. coach making all these decisions. You're getting the defense the accolades too. Absolutely. Marcus Freeman, on the other hand, is in a unique position because it's the first time in history where he's being suggested guys to hire with titles that would suggest 
that he's not even in full control. How was Tommy hired before him? And he's the head coach. Uh, that's a good question, Jay Henry. Um, who would be the guy if Golden leaves? Mike Mickens. I don't think it would be Mickens. They would. They, Mickens got to go get his money somewhere else. I, but, think, I think it's someone. How can I say this without saying this? I don't want to let too much. Because I don't want to say anything, and then it ends up on the message board. Dada. Might as well, Sean. We need we need them ratings. Uh, all I'm saying is one of the top candidates will be Wisconsin's former defensive coordinator. I'll leave it at that. Who's that, Jim Leonard? Yep. I like Jim Leonard. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm a big Jim Leonard fan. Yep. So, you know, Big Ten Connections, Marcus Freeman, you know, he got his Rolodex of guys. Jim Leonard definitely wants to probably get up out that code, come to a little bit more uh, culture in South Bend, but you talk about a great hire. If he can't get his OC, give him now, his you know, Notre Dame would love nothing more than to elevate Mike Mickens. And give oh, him man. Two, oh. And, and give him oh, a 2% the, raise. They would love that. Oh, Listen, we'll, I, you know. we'll give you a 2% raise. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That you that know, good, we'll give you that good stewardship. Uh, that, yeah. that good stewardship raise. Yeah, good old good steward two percent. Yeah, because and then they frame it as we want to keep it in house. We want we want to keep Notre Dame guys, Notre Dame guys. They they understand the culture. That's how they hit you. They understand the way we do things around here. He's earned it. He has earned it. Yeah. But that's, you know, it it, it it felt better when Marcus Freeman felt like the hire that earned it instead of the hire that everybody told them to hire. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it felt better that Marcus Freeman was the right pick yeah. as opposed to everybody telling them this is what you need to do if you want to keep the team intact. Yeah. It's, um yeah, Jim Leonard would be at the top of the list. He would be at the top of the list. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think he's an analyst helping out Brett Bielema at Illinois right now. That's your squad right there. He took a year. Shout out to Illinois with the big victory over Maryland this weekend. Shout out to Brett Bielema. <laughs> no, because he finally took over. Um. Uh, the offense. He took over some play calling duties, man. He could have always did that, man. He did it at Wisconsin. It was successful. And Barry Lunny Jr. was he's horrible as an OC, bro. He's worse. Dude, Notre Dame fans won't believe me. Barry Lunny Jr. is worse than J is dude. If you think Jared Parker is bad as a Notre Dame fan. Send some prayers out. You, I need to get Send some prayers up to man. Illinois fans. Send some because, dude, Barry Lunny Jr. is horrible. He's awful. He's absolutely awful, left. Mm. There's nothing else I can say. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So those are our surprises. Mid-season. Recapping everything. We come back. <laughs> I got to tell you about this conversation I had in public today with a Notre Dame fan. And I think the topic came up in the chat. So we'll get to it. Don't forget, CFB Nation presented by Twisted T. YouTube, hit the like button, notification bell, share, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Man, audio edibles every day. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. We spin it different. That's right. We come back. Left, I'll tell you about this conversation I had today. LL. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.